Hello, pod people. Yet again, it's another edition of Who Asked for This Anyway? But wait, this one's kind of special. It's our 20th pod, and you know what that means. You guessed it. We've done 19 of these things, and nobody has stopped us yet. Hooray. But keep trying. You may succeed one day, but not today. So let me ask you this, friends, in these troubling times. Have you ever wanted to just trade places with someone else? Well, tonight's episode is Trading Places, the 80s hit comedy starring Steve Gutenberg and Don Amici. What? Sorry. I just dropped my notes. Hang on. Oh. Oh, wait, no. It's the 80s hit comedy starring Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. Right, right, right. So, the plot. And it is far-fetched, believe me. (laughs) Get this, some rich old white guys mess around with other people's lives for their own amusement. Wow. And then in the end, they get their comeuppance. You talk about a fantasy. Can you imagine such a world? I mean, the part where they actually get their comeuppance, not the rest of it. That's not too hard to imagine, is it? All right, let's jump in. Who asked for this anyway? Trading Places, 1983. Uh, and I think what I would open with is like so many great comedies from that time, Caddyshack, Stripes, it doesn't make a damn bit of sense. I mean, I'm, I'm not the sure. Last, the last third of the movie is nonsense. Well, <laughs> <laughs> even like, the premise. It's just like of, went, I don't know. Just put him on a train and there's a monkey. I don't know. But, but that stri- isn't that Stripes too? Where, yeah, okay, yeah. now they. Yeah, like, let's put him on a bus that shoots rockets. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, Let's it's, go. It's, it's, and it's fight Russians. Of, I don't know. You, you really I, you're, um, you're, you're paying for the first you're paying your money for the first hour of that movie. Yes, it's kind of yeah. like signing you know a, a baseball player for the first three years, but you know you got to pay him like five years. But you, <laughs> you'll eat you know, Brendan, would you count? Would you put Caddyshack in that same? Well, I mean, or does Caddyshack doesn't make any sense from the starting point? I don't have any problem with the end of Caddyshack necessarily. No, I don't have a problem with the ending of any of these movies, but I mean, look at like scripts today and notes and rewrites. I mean, I can't imagine there were many rewrites of, of Trading Places. I mean, look, but Trading Places, I think, is a, a classic, right? Oh, was, was Eddie Murphy 20, 21, 1983, yeah. right? Because when he was roughly. on SNL at 19, I think. Yeah, roughly. He was definitely like, yeah, early twenties. I think he was nineteen. He was nineteen when he did Forty Eight Hours. Yeah, nineteen Forty Eight. That's unbelievable. A savant. Um. Hey, do we need to introduce? Since we're not, none of us are. Two of us aren't Tom. Do we need to introduce ourselves? <laughs> well, that's true. Tom Dunn. Tom Dunn is missing his second straight podcast. Which okay. Is really becoming a problem, uh, but that's really not a problem. Uh, we have. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Peter, uh, Brendan, and uh, of course our old friends Brett and uh, and Doug uh, to join us today. Peter, Hello. now I'm getting. Now we always start with these. Peter, did you see Trading Places when it came out in the movies? Um, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> what? I know. Well, I, I, you, actually, an even better question, Peter. Have you ever seen Trading Places? Yes, I have. <laughs> yeah, it was one of the ones I saw. You know, when I got 
You know what? You know what is a big deal to to be able to rent videos at a VHS store. You I remember like, it well. You have to go, but you had, you know, but in the beginning you had to go in, sign an account, give a you know a financial disclosure statement. <laughs> Your taxes. Wait, are you talking blockbuster or pre-blockbuster? No, this Peter, is like pre. The mom that's, and pop. That's what I'm saying. It was closure. No, there was there was this place on St. Mark's, and I'm trying to remember what it was. It was I think it was I think it was St. Mark's Video. It was yes. St. Mark's. Yeah. Or was that late? Yeah. Anyway, whoever what, they were. They ran, your, they ran your credit? What are you talking about? Oh, you know, you had to have like a deposit. You, they ran your credit. I was, I was being, I was exaggerating for comic effect. Obviously, none of that landed but on, with you. But, but, but no, you had to have a, like a $200 deposit. And they had to run your credit card. This is absolutely tiresome. <laughs> <laughs> Brennan was more a blockbuster, Peter. You know, he was a more the the big corporate uh, renting of the video. But it was a big deal. I went. I just remember going. It was like a half an hour of paperwork. <laughs> and, and so Look, I, I, I think renting that, that was a turning. Getting cable was one of those turning points yeah. with the cable box. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, Doug, Brett, did you have? Did you go to thirty-seven channels on cable, or or did you stop at? 30. Uh, uh, your, your I had one of those boxes, you know, them the boxes that you had? Yeah, yes. of course. Yeah, you, you the brown box, and then you had a dial that switched like... Yeah, <laughs> the, so, the three levels. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So I think it went to 37, or maybe it was... Oh. I think, I can't remember. I just remember like, you know, just pushing, pushing buttons to see the cable. Yeah, yeah that's right. Ugly brown box, I remember that. And then that's how you did it. But renting movies was was another one of those that I remember. In the beginning, I, uh, I remember my dad bringing home a VCR from work, uh, in oh, fact. Yeah, yeah and, uh, and it was from like the, the coolest thing ever. What's that? From the hospital. That's right. Yes, that's right. <laughs> he brought it out the back door, I guess. I mean, stole isn't the right word, but he just took it for the night. Uh, sure. This, uh, well, I don't know. So, Peter, you it's didn't called, see... Uh, it's trespassing of chattels. That's what your father committed. <laughs> Good thing to have a lawyer on for... <laughs> <laughs> and trafficking in stolen goods, right? Or I guess he wasn't trafficking. But... Well, he brought the stolen goods back. I mean, fair, you know. Yeah. Um, Murphy was 22 when he... Oh, no, 24... Wow. Okay. Oh. No, I'm sorry, no, 22, 22, 22. 22. Pieces. No. And when, can, okay, I just, so. can I just uh, interject for one second about Stripes? <laughs> yes, um, please. Just to let you know, that movie was originally written to be the next Cheech and Chong movie. Oh. Cheech and Chong, however, wanted to do massive rewrites and they you know, <laughs> the, ended up passing on the project, so then they made it a, a Bill Murray vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey man, could you like do some massive rewrites? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, who, who the hell are Cheech and Chong to want to do a lot of rewrites on that? But that is that is bizarre. I will, I will not listen to any Cheech and Chong disrespect. <laughs> you do not. You do not sleep on Dave. Chong. Dave, open Dave. the door, man. Dave, Dave. Here, man. who is it? <laughs> That's all I know of Cheech and Chong. That's it. That's oh. the extent of my knowledge. Listen, That's essentially it. No, no. <laughs> That's it. That's it. No, 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 no. Treat yourself. Um, there was plenty of Richard Fryer records to listen to. I'll be fine. Those are good too. <laughs> so which, 
So which one did Cheech or Chong hook up with uh, which one of the MPs in that movie then, in Stripes? Uh, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I ended my research at that point. <laughs> but then what was, who was the, who was the girl with black hair? Who was? Sean Young. The Sean, Sean Young. Young. No. Right. And then the other one, the other one is, she's from uh, Rock and Roll High School. Yep. That's right. That's right. Really? Ah, yeah. Ramon's yeah. vehicle. Yep. Sean but Penn seems more like a Cheech girl. Should we I just change but... this? Should we just change this to Stripes? Should we just, <laughs> we just retitle it? This we can do that. I can talk about Stripes. <laughs> Trading. Okay. So when is Delirious? Is Delirious after Trading? Uh, I think so. Right. Uh, if we're talking eighty-seven, yeah. eighty-four. No, because I think I think Raw oh, is more eighty-seven. Uh, when is Delirious? Are you talking about the um, the John Candy vehicle? No, no. Or the stand-up show. <laughs> the stand-up. Yeah. <laughs> Probably right around the same time. Yeah, it's around the same time. Um, but here. look, I th I think Trading Places is as quotable uh, a movie um, as there is after you get through the the ridiculous. You have Ackroyd. I'm just going through here. Um, <laughs> Don Amici. I know, I know, I, I, I would bet uh, a month of future salary that Peter is a big economy fan. Peter? Wouldn't he be? <laughs> Peter is definitely pro-Amici. I mean, yes. why wouldn't he be? Yeah. They gave Amici an Academy Award because he for did breakdancing right? in Cocoon. That's preposterous. Wait a second. I'm sorry. His, wait, wait, his body it? of work, that's what he's recognized for. It's ridiculous. Wait, what, say that again? What did he win an Academy Award for? Breakdancing in the... Uh... Breakdancing. In so he did in the movie. If you watch the movie, he's just like hanging around, and then there's one point, you know, after he's hanging out with the alien rocks, he starts breakdancing. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, not only not only you feel younger, but it, you now know how to breakdance as well when you're exposed to alien rocks or eggs or whatever <laughs> the hell they are. Heartwarming. Well, Amici was great in this, and who is the other Duke? Uh, let me find, uh, what's that guy's name? Who played Randolph Duke? Uh, oh, Ralph uh, Bellamy, is it? Yeah, yeah. Ralph Bellamy. Yeah. Bellamy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, these two things. are are world class. I mean, as far as you know, uh, old pros. Old pros, right? Um, when I think of old white men, though, though, that's what I think of. Yes. Like when I picture that that thing, that's who comes to mind. So the, uh, the, the, who are the two puppets uh, in yes. uh, yeah, yeah. the show? Uh, Randolph, no. Um, well, oh, the old guys in the, uh, in the balcony? Yes. <laughs> I forget their names. Stadler and, oh, man. I think it's two hotels. Oh, yeah. Waldorf. 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 Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad you went to the Muppets because that was one of the things on my list here is Frank Oz is also as a yeah. brief part in this as a as a cop, I believe, right? When Dan Aykroyd gets arrested. Um, oh, what this does to kids? He's the one who finds the PCP. <laughs> what does to kids? La, La Boheme. That's him. It's an opera. <laughs> oh. It's an opera. It's an opera. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, but it's funny you mentioned the end of this movie because, okay. full disclosure, I did not watch it in anticipation of this podcast. Well, well you've seen it, though, I've multiple it. times. Yes, I've seen it, but I forgot how stupid the end is. And it's if it's I'm not, not, it's not stupid. It's not stupid at all. 
silly. I, mean, I guess the gorilla, the gorilla thing is stupid. But yeah, when the they're actual... all dressed like uh, you know, doing accents and all this stuff on the train. I don't know. I wasn't, found it, wasn't, I wasn't found it humorous. Wasn't Al Franken and Tom Davis? Yes, yeah. they, yes were the, they, were the, they were the baggage men. They were the Cheech and Chong. Yeah. Right. right. I, I don't know how that happens. Baggage guys, yeah, basically. Ackroyd does a favor. Yeah, they're the guys in charge of the gorilla on the train. Yeah. It's sort of like the, uh, it's sort of like the grave diggers in uh, uh, Hamlet or... Yes. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> Which, by the way, at that part of the movie is also Jim Belushi with yes. a small uh... suit. Well, that's the that's the train scene. Like that train scene is bizarre. I mean, like you got Dan Aykroyd in blackface and nobody batted an eye. <laughs> <laughs> like nope. Like you never. I mean, like it's literally him doing a Jamaican accent. Oh yeah. Oh, and boy. by the way, one of Eddie Murphy's best faces. If you're a watch, you watch his reaction to it. The face Eddie Murphy makes, like, is mm, perfect. Oh, well, that's also with uh, Merry New Year. Yeah, Merry New Year. Happy. <laughs> Do you want some Happy. beef turkey? No. <laughs> There's plenty well, of them. Well, if we're going Eddie Murphy lines, let's now let's go back in that. Right, to hold, man. On, hold, okay. on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. Like oh, I'm sorry. You like that part of the movie. I do. I, do, I, do. I like that part all the way through the end. Okay. Like, I like the stuff in the, at the stock market. Okay, do you understand it? Yeah. Well, you got I, it's. You know what? It's funny. Every time I watch it, when that's part that happened, I'm like, okay. So let me just. I have to work, walk through it in my mind, so that I'm clear on what's about to happen. Every single time, I'm like, can, okay. can you can you speak on it a bit, uh, Doug and Brett? Well, no. they have to have bought a bunch of stuff already in anticipation for the whole thing, because then okay. they get out there, they sell them, then they buy them. Well, we're talking about the, the, the well, frozen orange juice. Frozen orange juice. Orange juice. I can actually, I can explain it to you in three sentences if Please. you like. Go ahead. Okay. Basi basically, the whole thing is the crop report. Now, if the, the crop report comes out and it says that the frost affected the crop, it's, it's going to go through the ceiling. If the crop report comes out and says that everything's fine, it, you know, there's going to be plenty of orange, orange juice to go around. So what they do is they, when, when um, the Dukes get in there, they start buying everything that starts jacking, jacking the price up, right? Yeah. Jacking the price up, jacking the price up. Then they stop, release the crop report. And the crop report says the opposite of what the Dukes think. The Dukes thinks it's going to be bad, but it turns out it's unaffected. So now everybody starts trying to sell, 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 sell. And as it's dropping, they yell, you know, uh, it's something like, you know, something, something, 135, meaning they're going to lock in a price, right? Uh -huh. And and in doing so, they, um, um, actually, they, they're, they're, they're buying, 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 and, and then, you know, then when they hit the 135, they're locking in that price. Right. That's the lock-in price. So everybody starts selling to them because it's a promise. You know, it's basically you're selling down the road, it, it, something on those lines. A future. Well, don't, don't you think the Dukes would have. I think it's for... my expl explanation is even more confusing than the other. Yeah. <laughs> well, hold on, That's what you want from a great comedy. <laughs> it's a nice, they, they get... nice, nice lesson on stocks, stock selling. Right at the end. They, 
the, the, the Ackroyd and Eddie Murphy were really jumping around here. Uh, uh, steal the crop report on the train. Right. Well, they alter it. They don't steal it. They alter it. Well, right. Oh. I mean, for, but then they wind up stealing it because they have to give. The idea was to alter it and let uh, what's his name take it and give it to the Dukes. But then, since they had put him in the thing with the gorilla, uh, they had to pretend to be him. And uh, Eddie Murphy does a great like Bogart impression. I guess that sounds nothing like. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> any of this. <laughs> yes. Peter, Peter, are you aware of this Wall Street? Yes. This is four years before Wall Street, the movie. Were you aware right. of this? Yes, yes. Orange well, I, juice I, Wall Street angle? Yes. I mean, I mean, the basic thing is, uh, the way I put it in, in, in a broader sense is, if you have a lot of money and you can right. buy up something, and you buy up a whole bunch of whatever. Corner of the market. Right. And, and that will drive the price up. Right. Suddenly somebody's like, oh my God, someone's buying up 10% of the stock. Uh, or the, the opposite is if you suddenly dump it all, you manipulate the stock on the opposite way because that, that'll drive the price down. Because if, if you've got enough right. money and you sell a big chunk, regardless of the, but then the report gets into it. I, that, I can't imagine anyone is listening to this. No <laughs> one is. No one is. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on. If, we, if we keep this up, I think we might get picked up by CNBC. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might get a late night, like a 1130 slot on I CNBC. I would love that. Do you think we should start do. over? <laughs> no. 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 There's no going back now. I'm just, I'm just cutting all of this out. We worked up the kids. Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd get screwed over, but then they outsmart right. yeah. them. All right, but the, the Dukes do this because they're bored and they bet a dollar for a dollar. But this is what rich people, this is, this is an old trope. Two rich guys have a bet. And, and, and usually it's about, you know, women or about, you know, minorities right. or about the, the lower right. classes. Let's see what happens. I think it's like uh, Mark Twain's uh, million-dollar banknote. Oh, is that? Okay. Million-dollar banknote, uh, basically, I think it was started more or less from a, from a, a wager that somebody with a million-dollar banknote can get everything handed to him without spending a cent just mm. because he has that banknote. Mm -hmm. so, right. Is there a gorilla of... in that story also? <laughs> <laughs> Twain was big on gorillas. Uh... I would. Hold on, but if we go back, okay, so Dan Aykroyd gets set up by Clarence Beeks. Clarence um, Beeks. <laughs> who why, is would they, the, now why would the Dukes use him for everything? <laughs> because they're sloppy, because they're, they're lazy. They, they <laughs> got, they got someone sloppy. else for the, the crop report. Like, just, yeah. just, just arrogance, Doug. Arrogance. Arrogance. Hubris. Jeez. Hubris, exactly, Peter. Pride comes before the fall. Come on. I know Dude, that. Clarence Beeks from Breakfast Club fame. Uh, die, hard. Die, die Hard. Always one of the, you know, classic 80s jerks. Um, yeah. You got three. Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. You got three. <laughs> you got it, Bender. Two months, Bender. <laughs> yes. You want another? Yes. Real quick, who I think the real victim in this is? Yeah. Miss Penelope. Penelope. His fiance. Oh, she was hot. She, she was. was but she also like. Hot. She also is like completely in his like. She's in love with him, and her like. The Dukes just destroy her relationship. <laughs> He's like not part of this at all. Like she's, she's married. Is she really? Now she's right, got a she's, Todd. 
Ah. Fine. She'll, she'll be fine. She'll be fine, but I feel like she's an unnecessary, <laughs> you know, bystander at all this. That's supposed to be their niece. Like, the what do they really you think of the repercussions? No. Of this, to your point, Brett. Right. Yeah, it's all. I'm just like, what about, like, I mean, I, I hey, listen, do it to one of the not married guys. Like, why do we want this? And actually, it's an interesting point you bring up, Brett, because if I recall, she was the Duke's niece. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah, she's the really. Niece. Yeah. yeah. So why did really really It's interesting. It's unfair. I'm just saying, Penelope. I mean, look, was she a great person? I don't know, but she did sit in that <laughs> in that police station, right, next to that dude who kept asking about her purse. She that was one there. of my favorite par- favorite parts of the movie. Is that your purse? Your purse. Is that your purse? <laughs> That's a nice purse. Nice purse. <laughs> Thank you. Well, even parts of the movie, while Dan Aykroyd is arrested, Eddie Murphy. Um, well, first of all, it's a great with. Uh, it's a great opening with Eddie Murphy uh, as the guy in the park, and then you know somehow or another with the briefcase, and sure. he gets arrested. That's great. But to me, Eddie Murphy, it really kicks in when Eddie Murphy's in jail. Oh, and sure. This is a whole Giancarlo different level Esposito, of... by the way. What's that? With a young Giancarlo Esposito. Really? Yep, that's yep. one of the guys in the prison who was telling the story about being a karate man. Uh, when you're a karate man, you one believe of the, on the One inside. of those guys is, is a young, very young, can't be more than like, like a teenager, like a wow. teen Giancarlo Esposito. Look look at it, you'll see. Wow. Hey, kill! When there's Valentine. And there were the two guys, the two guys who didn't believe him, you know, uh, you know. Not cool being a John Turkey this close to Thanksgiving. <laughs> but there's also, the, yeah. when he does the, ha, ah, the quarter blood technique. You do that, and the quarter blood will fall from the man. <laughs> the quarter blood technique. Because I'm a karate man. Now, now, hold on. But before we get to him at the party at his house, which is another one of oh, my favorite scenes. Beautiful. Put up the cool. Can the we cool just out pause right room? here? Guys? Who put their cools out on my rug? <laughs> so, who put the cools out on my floor? Mm-hmm. This rug is from Persia. All right. The Persian, Persian rug. Persia. <laughs> Persia. It was a stone groove, man. Oh, like, like right, well, that is funny you say, and that song, the ba da bum 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 whatever that, I can't remember that, but it's a perfect party song. That song goes across the entire party. Like it's oh, yeah. played over and over and over again. Dude, what else like, did you need, though? They Are paid they? the royalties for that. They were going to get their money's worth. <laughs> oh. Wasn't there like naked exactly. women walking around the park? Oh, yeah. Like, it's it's oh, weird yeah. now to see it because it's just like there's no reason for it. <laughs> it's just there's nothing. To, they just take off and it's a whole, it's focused on a lot. I literally just watched it. Why, why is this happening? And like, by the way, Coleman, Coleman having yes. the best time. Yeah. Coleman's Coleman having from blast. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Coleman. Yep, right. he's getting shall drunk. I, sh- shall I, shall I uh, prepare more d'oeuvres for your guests, sir? Fuck them. Fuck them. Coleman's got about 25 coats that he's yeah. there. He's well, first, good. Billy Ray Valentine gets out. Then he's, he gets out of jail. The Dukes, now he's rich. And then yeah. he goes to the bar. That, by the way, money. if I ever get some money, is exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. What is it now? He walks in, and I'm, and it's gonna be like a bar like that, where it's like, like some shady dive bar. I'm walking in, in fact, champagne for everybody. 
I'm going to see a Billy Ray Valentine. And I'm going to be Billy Ray Valentine when I do it. But, but the two not? guys, the two big guys from jail who were dubious about yeah. Billy Ray Valentine's wealth uh, <laughs> are, are now there at the bar. Yeah. And then they come back to the party. And this is a line I still use today if, if, uh, remember, if people are staying a little too long, if we've had people over. Remember that? All you have to say is, you are the most righteous dude. <laughs> yeah, 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 get the okay, fuck, get the fuck out. out. <laughs> get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. And now he's doing this while Aykroyd, I think, is in jail. He's, he's in jail. Or, or he just got out. And now no, he's no, he's still in, in jail. He's still, he's still in, jail. in jail. That party's going on. He's spending the night in jail. This yeah. plan is yeah, the, really moving very quickly. Very rapidly. Now, who, very now, rapidly. now the Jamie Lee Curtis bails him out, right? No, right. Jamie Lee Curtis is there when he gets his, again, Penelope. She bails him out. Yes. <laughs> this is Penelope. Uh, she bails him out. And as she's, he's convinced her that he did not sell PCP. Uh, and literally, and then Jamie Lee Curtis, Beeks paid Jamie Lee Curtis to like jump on him and pretend she needs a fix. That's it. Yeah. And then she feels bad. So she waits she for feels, Well, she doesn't initially feel bad, but eventually he says, you did this to me. And then, <laughs> then she feels she bad. Says, she says, let me see your hands. Yeah, that's right. Man manicured. You haven't worked a hard day's work. Didn't do a hard day's work in your life. Right. She's street smart, Jamie Lee. She is. Earthy. Um, you're a prostitute. Prostitute. Wearing a Harvard tie. This, this might be Aykroyd's best movie as well. It, honestly, yeah. of all the movies Dan Aykroyd did. Oh well, yeah. Uh, nothing, nothing but trouble. Oh, here we go. <laughs> there you. That was a. That's a. Uh, what a wild movie that is. I think I think we're gonna save that for the nothing but trouble. Podcast. I don't need I don't need to be. <laughs> that is some serious. That's some serious shit. No, Peter, I think we should let Brendan do that before we get onto CNBC. Your thoughts? <laughs> do you imagine how Ghostbusters Agreed. would have been without Harold Ramis coming to the rescue? <laughs> Ivan Reitman coming to the rescue. Yeah. Right, you don't want any part of that podcast, is what you're saying? We don't even of what? Of nothing but trouble? Yeah. No, <laughs> I do not. So nothing but trouble is what Ghostbusters would have looked like right. with, right. without, yeah, the, without their myself. intervention. The well, only good part of nothing but trouble is the appearance of Digital Underground. <laughs> <laughs> Tupac. Singing same song. This is what Brendan. This is what Brendan wanted to happen, just by throwing it out there. Is that what he would? Oh, well, there we are. <laughs> Bum, bum, ba, bum. <laughs> the nut. Tie, tie the nut. Right. Bum, no, tie bum, the nut. Bum, of course. And now back to the Dow was up 200 <laughs> points today. But by um, the way, that movie proves that uh, uh, Flash G and Humpty Hump are two different people. <laughs> finally. Shock G, by the way. Shock G. What did yeah. I say? Flash, Flash G. G. That's just completely different. That is a completely different view. Hold on, let's let's circle back to Frank Oz at the police station. Um, I'm not done with nothing but trouble. <laughs> oh yes, you are. Oh, oh but you I, are. And, and can oh, I but you are. I'm gonna may mute him. May, may I interject my you, Oh, you can mute him, Peter. <laughs> By the way, Brett did mention this. Peter, it was nice for you to go scarf. Then since yes. Tom, were you doing that since Tom couldn't make it? I was doing that for Tom, yeah. Mostly for Tom. 
That's why I went here in spirit. He went hat. I was <laughs> so, going to say, he went hat. Nice. Sorry, Doug. Well, I was coming to you and Frank Oz, but go ahead, Doug. Um, were you coming to me because of uh, the fact that I played softball with Frank Oz? That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly you, Doug, you worked at what in probably what in the early 90s, you worked at Henson, right? I would say it was uh, 93, 93 into 94, maybe to 95, yeah, probably 93, 94. I worked at uh, Henson, ha, they called it Henson Associates then, or right? Uh, something. Um, he made a specific, they, they, now it's Jim Henson Productions. Did he make a specific noise or something like that when you? Oh, hold on, wait, yes. get to it. <laughs> I, will, I will get to it. Um, so they have like a summer picnic out in Central Park. Where? What did you, you know, do there, by the way, at Henson? Though, what, what was? Is it a first job out of college type of thing? I uh, I groomed the puppets. <laughs> oh no! God. I I was a I we they, I was the tape librarian, basically. Okay. You know, I, w I was fine. Like they would, st people would dump stuff in boxes and send them into storage. So I was like finding, it was like finding the Ark of the Covenant. I'm finding <laughs> lost stuff that had been missing from from the so, Henson Library. So you were, you were one of the top men. Use your way. Top men. Okay, so then there's a a yearly Central Park party. It's yeah, it's a, a it's a picnic, summer picnic, and then we, we play a, a we're playing softball, and um. Frank Oz is batting behind me. I don't know why I'm on Frank Oz's team, but he just shows. So Frank Oz is on deck while yeah. you're at the plate. And he has a hot dog in his hand and like half of it in his mouth. And I I get a good one. Boom! Nail it out. Put it out there. I'm running to first. And I see somebody, probably like some sound technician, trying to, to and that's no, no offense, Brett, try, trying, to, uh, trying to get, get, get the ball. And I'm like, uh, and I, so I, I just keep going. For, I go for second. But and in the second, the second gear, you go on to yeah. another gear. And the two of us collide. <laughs> Full on. Destroyed. Both of us, you know, up in the air, down on the ground. And all, of, all I remember is I'm like lying, lying down. I'm like, and I open my eyes and I see the ball rolling. <laughs> I get up and I dive over him uh, onto the plate. And I get up and I'm like, yeah. And like, Everyone is dead silent. Like I did something wrong. I, I don't understand. I still to this day don't know what I did wrong, but everybody looked at me like I was nuts. Maybe I was taking it a little too seriously. But the reason I was taking it seriously is when I had to hit, Frank Oz behind me was like, oh, yeah! yeah something, something like that. The hot dog in his mouth. Maybe it was something on the lines of, hey, hey, hey! <laughs> Oh, it's today. Uh, imagine walking through Central Park seeing this this happen. <laughs> Doug, were you playing other people in Henson, or was this yeah, another? It was, it, was, it was all. It was a. We just broke up into two teams. Okay. <laughs> and it was. And it was at that moment that he realized he knew he had to direct a mu very Muppet Christmas. That's it. <laughs> I don't think he did that. <laughs> um, wait, 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 can I? Can yeah, I? Can what, I just want to, because I got to go soon, but I got to bring this up before I go. Please. Show you something. Is this going to be about Jamie this, Lee? You remember this moment? Yeah. <laughs> okay, now, Brett, yes. explain what you're showing on I'm your I'm showing there. the image of Todd and, <laughs> and his buddies. Tom Dunn. Todd, basically, no, no. you know. They're, uh, they're at the country club, the tennis club. Muff, Muffy's on the make. Yes. That, is, <laughs> that is the widest moment in film history. That song... Hands down, yeah. the widest moment in film history 
hands down. I love, I love it so. By it so song. happy. Like the girl's reaction. Song. Like, oh, and she stepped on the ball. I want to know, <laughs> I want to know that whole story. Okay, I just tell you that story. Have, there, there actually is a story. Oh, is that with is that with Constance Fry? Oh, Constance Fry. Constance Fry. Fry. Anytime you'd call, causes would fulfill your need. That particular line, that what appears to be random, uh, that line, um, and she the stepped ball. on the ping pong ball, is actually taken from the the play and the movie Mame, where oh. where it's actually she steps on the tennis ball. And it's 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 a an homage to that movie ah. and the character was more or less the same spoiled and rich God. Well, listen speaking of homages to movies brett you have to go but we we have to uh, mention well, brett's the got a few more minutes you got a few more minutes brett? yeah i got a few more i just wanted to get that i just that moment in that movie just, just makes me like like oh here we go, here the they homage, go. i love the that homage in coming to america yes for yes trade places if you remember Mortimer, he drops, he drops the money off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They make a little little comeback. That's right, Mortimer, we're back. Mortimer. That's right. That was well, nice. I hope, I I hope they that. learned I hope they learned a lesson. Yeah. They do it right this time. <laughs> well, during that, during that song, uh, Ackroyd is going to the club trying yeah, with, to plead innocence. In a pimp outfit. Well, he, he, he does his best to look professional with yes. what he has. I believe he's still part of this club. <laughs> and nobody and wants your drugs, Louis. Is that her name, Penelope? Is that uh, Penelope? She's moved she on to Todd. She, oh, she went right to Todd. Again, though, um, she didn't want to go to Todd. It's her, it's her uncle's fault. Uh, okay, we, 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 we need a fourth. We need a fourth for squash. Are you interested, Louis? No, I'm having dinner with Penelope. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you're lucky. Are, are you, it's not luck. I love it. <laughs> Brett, it seems like you would go Penelope. Is that how you guys talk? Like when I'm not here? Like if I'm not as I see I am. Well, I never. <laughs> Brett, you're pretty good Brett's at getting it, on the line. Let's let's dial it down, boys. <laughs> <laughs> It's Peter. Would you say it's more Tom yes. Dunn and his yes. North Shore Huntington friends? With every, <laughs> I imagine that's what they'd be like. Sure. Oh, certainly. I know that's certainly. what Tom talks like when he's oh. not. I know that. Oh my. Well, he yeah. talks like that when he's with us. That's true. Good point. You're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It seems like Brett would take Penelope over Jamie Lee Curtis. Is oh, where yeah. uh, Brett's. Let's not get crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's not. I'm just saying my heart goes out to Penelope because I mean, you know, she didn't. I know, but do you really want to, you really want to swim in that Jamie Lee Curtis's pool? I mean, she's a well, monster too. Poor I mean, woman. you're saying her no. character no. is a hooker? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's, I guess that's fair. But it's o time. Ophelia, isn't that her name? 1983 Jamie Lee Curtis is all right. She, and, and she wasn't just a hooker. She was, she was more a hooker with a heart of gold. Yeah, exactly. She was the first hooker with a heart of gold. You're right. She was, uh, you know, many years before Pretty Woman. That's right. Yeah. I don't You're a hooker? I, I don't do I was drugs. doing great with you. Um, I'm trying to think. What would Jamie, is her first was what, Halloween, which was probably 78, 79? Actually, I saw her in an episode of Columbo as a waitress. <laughs> I know that. 
Well, I mean, she was, she was, she was, she was good. I mean, she stood out. She, she was saucy, you know. Daughter of, you know, legend Tony Curtis. Right. He, she, uh, Columbo had it, brought, brought his own donut into the restaurant. And she said, you can't bring that in here. And he's like, well, you have to order something. He's like, can I have a donut? And she just brings him a donut. But she has right a, lot of, a lot of attitude. Brendan, are you? Did she hang in there with uh, Peter Falk? Did she uh, go toe to toe with him? Yeah. Oh, we lost Brett. Hold on, Brendan. Are you somehow implying that Tony Curtis got called the producers of Columbo and got her that gig? Is that what you're saying? There's nothing wrong with nepotism <laughs> in Hollywood. You got to. I mean, that's the thing. Like, um, I had w at one point. I don't know if you remember this, Brendan. I, I I had toyed with the idea of changing my my name to be uh, Brian Dennehy Jr. <laughs> just to see if that helped well <laughs> i thought i could pull uh, that off no no well, you never know you know i think i think someone else here could but maybe not you <laughs> what are you suggesting nothing <laughs> well at the time doug did you say donut yes <laughs> Peter, do you remember that Columbo episode? Because I know you were you were watching those shows, Macmillan and Wife, and Dude, uh, I loved all those shows. I just you, you, I know you liked the Carl Malden, uh, Michael Douglas. What was that one? Uh, Street to oh, San Francisco. That was good. But, yeah, but that's, we, that's, wait, McLeod. What about McLeod? Did we forget about that? Dennis Weaver. No, we weren't born then. We weren't born then, Peter. I I love Columbo. I have the box set. Um, <laughs> And I've watched sentence. every 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 episode. I love Columbo. It's yeah, great. yeah. No, he was he was Beautiful. fantastic. A lot of great actors in it. You know, guest starring on the show with him. I knew most of the greats, the Hollywood greats, from watching seventies TV. That 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 was my frame yeah. of reference. You know, right? So, you saw them in TV before film. Yeah, I like like Jack Cassidy. <laughs> Who is in multiple Columbo episodes? Multiple Columbo, yeah. <laughs> I, I could go through all of them, actually. He, he always played sort of like a, a devil may care, yes, uh, irrepressible, yes, very charming, with a quasi very charming English accent, and he thought he was better than Columbo all the time. But Columbo had his number. One, one time he played a, 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 a Nazi turned magician. Oh. I'm sorry. There's no segue to Peter. Can you let Brent back in the Zoom? Oh, God, yes. No, we'll just have to cut Talking all this about out. about a Nazi on Columbo. A Nazi playing who was a magician. And he killed some, the manager that found out he was a Nazi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that one. And do you remember, he, Peter, do you remember that episode? Yes. It was a good one. It was one. a good one. And then it was um, the other one with Cassidy, where he was a um, murder mystery novelist, and he murdered his partner. Oh. We're talking Brent, about Columbo. Okay. Brent, you missed a lot of Columbo talk, but, <laughs> but Jamie Lee Curtis was a waitress in an episode of Columbo. Oh, okay. That's how we got there. Okay. Yeah, it's it's not. It worth makes sense. Over. It really does. Jack Cassidy died in a horrific. He he fell asleep fire. with a cigarette. Yeah, he fell asleep with a cigarette and uh, his mattress. Yeah, it, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff about him, like like go, literally going bananas at the end of the days. And, he was, uh, and he was his, like walking around naked, like into his neighbor's house. He was like uh, worse than uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. And he was David Cassidy's father. 
And Sean Cassidy. And Sean Cassidy. Uh, apparently very jealous of his children's success. Really? Very petty. Yeah. Yeah. So then Eddie Murphy has to get a job, has to go to work <laughs> with, with the Dukes. And by the way, Eddie Murphy does a great job. He does. Well, well, is good. Can we talk a minute about his training? which lasts all of 30 seconds. <laughs> it is one of my favorite, his look to the camera on where you're oh. going. <laughs> oh, I mean, like, bacon. Right. Like so you might find in a bacon and a lettuce tomato sandwich. <laughs> Just, <look. laughs> I wonder if that was scripted. I mean. <laughs> oh, it's right. It's, and then there's that moment, remember that moment where they plant the money on him or they put it on yes. the floor or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like uh, Mortimer's pocket. Mortimer got his money clip. Oh, no, I know what you're talking about. Right, right, right. But then yeah, he like, got his money clip. But then he, like, they throw it to him. He juggles it. He, 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 he drops it, but then he throws it and he does this amazing catch and never yeah. breaks character. Like, yeah, that, that was, was an accident. Yeah, of course. Accident. Yeah. yeah. But, like, he never breaks Don Amici for the win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he should have gotten an Academy Award for, not Cocoon for breakdancing. And it wasn't even him breakdancing. It was just him. <laughs> well, Doug, I, I don't know if he got it specifically for the breakdancing scene. He might have gotten it for the... Can you tell me <laughs> anything else he did in that movie that jumps out at you? I don't know if I've seen that film. That's a lie. <laughs> you hey, see everything, everything Steve Gutenberg is in. Hold I gotta, on, Brett. Hold on, Brett. I know you're just Yeah, I gotta, I gotta jump. Hold on, Brett. But somehow or another, uh, Aykroyd convinces Eddie Murphy that he's uh, that what's happened. Coleman, I think, finally comes uh, comes around as well to help out. Sure. Well, I think I think it's the other way around. I think it's Eddie Murphy overhears the Dukes in the that's right stall when he's smoking right. a joint. That's right. And Aykroyd is there as a drunk Santa, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. On the, right. Uh, he tries and, to plant drugs on Billy Ray Valentine. Yeah. And then he steals like a ham in the Santa beard. I believe it's uh, a salmon. It's a salmon. What's his point of this? You know, maybe, maybe Peter can uh, teach us more about macroeconomics like he was earlier. If uh, you'd like. I would love to. Peter, can you go from <laughs> can you go from salmon and a Santa beard to <laughs> reverse mortgages? Well, you have you have market forces, you have supply. All right, All right well, I'm gonna go. All right, guys. <laughs> All right. It was, Thanks for joining. It was, Thanks, yeah, Brett. Light. I wish I could be longer. We'll we'll do it again. Thank for, you, Brett. Uh, Thanks, Brett. Not not for uh, I don't remember the name of it now. Real, who yeah, asked quick. for this anyway? <laughs> <laughs>